in today's show. I'm here to answer your questions live on YouTube. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-Ball and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today, I'm here live YouTube answering the questions that you have for the next 30 minutes. Let's see what questions we've got. Who's Michael Bolton? Use Google and you will find out who Michael Bolton is. Had that question way too many times. Just Google it. Very easy. <clears throat> is TJ McConnell a sell high from Irvin San Pedro? A little bit, yes, because he's eventually, once uh, Warren returns and if Levert returns, he will lose value. And the level of assists and um, steals from him are probably going to be tough to maintain. He was also one of those guys with a low potential assist to assist ratio, meaning to me that um, players off his passes are hitting shots maybe a little bit higher than what we might expect moving forward. So maybe there's a drop coming there as well. <clears throat> um, what are my thoughts, Sadiq Saeed? What are my thoughts on how Nurkic will play when he comes back? I have no idea. Uh, look, he was starting to play well once, uh, just before he got injured. He was starting to turn the corner. He wasn't great. He wasn't at his best. He obviously had issues with conditioning before the season, and you worry about this time off, whether that's going to um, play into that problem as we move forward. So I have some worry, and I think that he'll be pretty rusty when he returns. Maybe when we get into the end of March and in April, we get you know, fully rolling Yusuf Nurkic. But I, I think it might be I think it might be a little bit rough to begin with once he comes back. Thank you for that super chat, Diego. Um, Alfred Zuck, should we be concerned about Paul George's injury? I think you have to always be have some concern, especially when we don't know specifically what the time frame is. The Clippers are ruling him out for multiple games in advance. So there is concern there. Now, I'm not the person who's having that same concern that others are wearing. He's going to be out for months. Uh, I, I don't think that I've... I'm not, I don't have that worry. Um, but obviously, there is concern here that maybe he misses a couple of weeks with this toe edema. Um, so yeah, there, there is worry there for me. So I wouldn't be sending any sort of second or third round player to get Paul George back into trade. Cole Fraser, do I think Hamadou Diallo will start the rest of the season? I do not. I think they like him more as a sixth man. I don't think they value him as much in terms of long-term upside as they do with even a guy like Teo Maladon. Um, I think they view Shea as more of a scoring guard rather than a lead point guard, so they want another ball handler next to him. And while Diallo has been forced into that role with no other point guards around, they don't view him that way. So I think he'll go back to that 25-minute-a-night uh, sixth man role eventually. Joel Kurian, can you explain punting free throw percentage and how to do it? Punting free throw percentage, Joel, means you don't care about the free throw percentage category. 
It doesn't mean that you have to be bad in that category. It doesn't mean that you have to accumulate all the bad free throw percentage shooters. It just means that when you're building a team and when you're evaluating trades, when you're evaluating pickups, free throw percentage doesn't matter to you. So players whose large chunk of their value comes from high free throw percentage, they're not as valuable to you. Players who lose a ton of value because they're poor free throw percentage shooters doesn't matter to you. So Giannis gets a big boost. Rudy Gobert gets a big boost. Um, previously, Zion Williamson would have got a big boost. Ben Simmons gets a big boost in that sort of scenario. So it, all it is, is just pretending like free throw percentage doesn't exist as a category. Simple as that. <clears throat> um, okay. Hey, Josh, how are you? I've just woken up I'm a little bit stuffy still, but hey, I'm all right. Is D'Lo a drop? Absolutely not. Tate Sheehy. Will Jar Morant get better than he is at the moment. I would have to assume he does. But as I've said lots and lots of times, having severe ankle injuries, when you come back and come back from them early, which Jar did, the rest of the season, honestly, it can be pretty ugly. We've seen that happen plenty of times in the past. Yeah, great, great um, examples. About three, four, maybe six years ago, Ricky Rubio and Jimmy Butler, the same thing happened. And they struggled. Uh, since coming back. And that's exactly what's happening here with Morant. So I think he improves a little bit, but he is not going to be, I don't believe, a top 20 player or probably even a top 30 player as we move forward this season. Is Chris Paul a sell high? Yeah, I think he is. Whether you can ex execute that or not, guts, I'm not sure. But yeah, he's playing at a very, very high level at the moment. So I'd be inquiring uh, to sell. And Jared the Savage, why do I hate the Warriors? Why on earth would I hate the Warriors? I don't understand why anyone would think that. I don't hate the Warriors in the slightest. Like, not even close. That is a very strange question. Um, <clears throat> uh, is, Ish, is Ish Smith a legit assists option? His assists have been up lately, but I think really they will play... Um, they'll play Neto ahead of him. So while maybe he can get three or four out of him... I'm not really certain that his high level at the moment is going to stick, though. Law games. I'm worried about John Wall. Do you think I should move him for any top 80 player I can get? He looks fine, but he's not going to play enough, I feel. There's definite worries there. Not, not only are we going to be having him sit back-to-backs, but he'll have issues crop up with his Achilles and with his knee. Um, <clears throat> I think I'm with you there, Law Games, that I probably would consider moving him for a top 80 player. I, I am worried about him as well, just with those games missed and always an ever-going risk of injury. So yes, I would try and move him for that. Um, a name that I cannot pronounce because it's written in Greek. Who do you believe will preserve higher value? Thad Young or Norm Powell? I would take Powell there. Ryan Stowasser, is Frank Kaminsky a 12-team ad? I, I, I honestly, I really don't buy it. We have seen years and years and years of Kaminsky being a player who has no value. The eight assists were really nice. He's playing at probably close to career best levels, I'd say, at the moment, but I still wouldn't be looking at him at anything more than a 12-team streamer at this point. Um... Is Teo Maladon worth holding in an 8-cat 14-team league? Yeah, I'd hold him in a 14-team league for sure. Aiden Vahidi. What are my thoughts on Trey and Dame's assist numbers the rest of the season? I'm thinking of trading Trey and Smart for Dame. 
I mean, a 10-team, 9-cat, punting field goals and steals. So if Smart's assist drops, he doesn't do much for my team. Uh, look, that video that I did yesterday, I'm not saying for sure that their assists are going to drop. Like I, I don't know that for sure. I'd say that I'm putting it out there saying there is some sort of a risk of that. Um, but Trey and Dame, I'm not sure the difference between those two. And, and it, it, look, maybe to be fair, it probably is. But say I'm not sure the difference between those two is large enough to include... Um, to include having Marcus Smart in there. But, you know, I've got what Trey Young is the 23rd ranked player this year. Lillard's the 7th. I've got Lillard proje projected to be, I think, 7th or 6th moving forward. I've got Trey uh, in that top 20 type range. Um, again, I'm, I'm not... Yeah, I probably would take Lillard over Trey, but I'm not sure that... Marcus Smart's really good. I'm not sure that difference is enough. Let's go to some um, Super Chats. Alfred Zach again. Paul George is 48 in my league right now. Who should I target? Mate, I, well, I don't know what your scoring system is, so you can tell me that Paul George is 48, but I would suggest targeting someone who is around 48. Um, <clears throat> that, that's, that's not true because... Obviously, you're dealing... If Paul George is worth 48 at the moment, you're not going to get 48 back from him. I would say you're probably looking for anything over 40 in a trade back. You are going to take a hit on that, but you're just trying to... Um, you're just trying to mitigate that risk. Akita Kobe, greetings from Belgrade, Serbia. Would you trade Cody Zeller for Nerland's Noel? Would you ask for something extra on the Noel side? I would ask for something extra on the Noel side there for sure. Diego Cordero, what's up, mate? I'm watching from Miami. Shout out to Miami, mate. I was there two years ago. Good times. Someone wants to trade my Clint Capella for Russell Westbrook. 10-team, 12-cat. Well, I don't know what 12-cat is for a start. I was thinking I can probably make him at a top 50 player. Do it. Why do you want to do it? That's the question you always got to ask yourself. 12-cat, I don't know what that is. Um, Capella is significantly better than Russell Westbrook. So you're going to need something else in there. But also, in addition to being significantly better, he's significantly different. So it's a high field goal percentage, high block player for a triple-double guy with poor percentages. So even if Clint Capella is a better overall player, Westbrook might be a better fit on some teams. He might also be a player that's worth the 150th best player in some builds as well. So it is very, very dependent. But overall, on a value perspective, yes, you want more out of that Westbrook side. DJ says, why didn't you include Jeremy Lamb on your proposed all-star team? Grave oversight, Josh. Now, DJ has been giving me shit on here on the comments. Um, but the way you do it, DJ, I, I enjoy it. I think it's banter. It's not you calling me a dickhead. It's not you calling me crazy. You're having fun with it. Um, I'm sure you'd also be pretty impressed, DJ, with Jeremy Lamb's recent form and uh, also Robert Williams playing at a super high level, two guys that you were giving me shit about. And uh, I didn't want to go back and find your comments, but I'm glad you super chatted because uh, those guys have been absolutely rolling, haven't they, mate? There we go. All right. Other questions. What is my outlook from the big bristle, Brian Taylor? What is your outlook on Mie Oni in Dynasty? The Jazz love this guy. Um, we saw him play some pretty good defense I think yesterday's game or the day before's game. I am not, um, I'm not a hundred percent sure he's ever going to turn into a absolute top level fantasy player. I don't know what his big strength is going to be, but I think he can be a pretty solid rotation piece, a pretty solid defender. Um, yeah, he needs to work into being a Royce O'Neal type of shooter. He's shooting 30% from the field, by the way, this year. 
Um, and he's not doing anything like steals-wise, uh, averaging five points per 36, no assists. He's rebounding at a high level, and he's blocking shots decently as well. So maybe he can be a, a good defender who blocks shots. But fantasy-wise, uh, my projections for him aren't particularly high. Jackie Au. Au? I apologize if I mispronounced that one. Um, Guillermo, I'll get to your, your question in a second. Jackie Au, what to do with LaMarcus Aldridge? 10 team, 9 cat. 10 players per team, sorry. 9 cat, 14 teams. So basically, you're running a smaller version of a 12-team league. 140 players rostered. LaMarcus Aldridge... Um, just mad because your ass is old. Uh, he's looked, as uh, Nate Duncan often says, he's looked calcified this year. He can't move. He can't jump. He doesn't rebound. The shooting's been off. He's playing a completely different game. It's like he is a night and day player to what he was last year. It's really hard to look at a guy like that with name value who produced at this, that level that he did last year and just say, well, I'm done with him. But with the injury... The hip injury, this now injection that he's got in the hip, the knee problems he's had, in a 140-player rostered league, streaming through his roster spot when he's currently out anyway is probably going to be the best uh, outcome. Michael Zhao, you chucked in a massive super chat, but didn't ask a question. I don't know what your question is. Guillermo Barros. Josh, do you see Vanderbilt or McDaniels having any value this season? Is it worth holding them for Dynasty? I think it's worth holding both of them for Dynasty. I can see them both being 25-minute-a-night players in the next season. They should honestly be that this year. This year, McDaniels is pushing up. I have zero trust in Ryan Saunders, though, to execute a proper rotation and a proper game plan for those guys. And we've seen that. They're not even starting a power forward, yet they play both of those guys together on the second unit. One of those players should be starting every single game. Um, I, I think it will happen. I don't know when, but absolutely they are worth holding in Dynasty. Diego Cordero says, 12-team category league, Gordon Haywood and Wendell Carter for Anthony Davis. Yeah, I think you have to take Davis. I know there's an injury risk there, but that is just tremendous value that you are swinging for the fences, and, and I think I think it's a good, a good play. Um, I'm not going to read your name out because I'm not saying that word, but um, you stay getting top, uh, or stay getting top comment. My apologies. Hey, I have to leave soon. I'm wondering if you can answer. What is Jaron Jackson Jr.'s value in nine category leagues? I'm thinking of flipping Fournier and marketing for him in 10-team leagues. Well, Fournier is dealing with his own injury and he's not as good as Jackson. Markkinen is obviously dealing with his own injury as well. I think Markkinen and Jackson probably come back at the same time. I think that Jackson is a better player than Markkinen. Um, I think they'll be extremely cautious with him this year and that'll be the only thing that keeps him from being better than Markkinen. So I'm not sure that I'd give Markkinen plus in order to get back a guy that might be worse than Markin on his own. And I love Jackson. I think he's a top 30 projected guy probably for next season. But with how he'll be, I guess, somewhat limited. When he comes, we've got to wait for him to come back. And then he'll be limited. And then he'll probably sit some back-to-backs. Um, I, I don't think that's going to be worth it there, unfortunately. Michael Jow, unless you're just donating, which I really appreciate, I don't see um, any questions from you. So I can't answer it. Um, apologies. <clears throat> um, all right. Garvey Valcourt. Halliburton averaging 28.5 fantasy points or Garland averaging 27.5 fantasy points. So, because I can uh, do quick maths. 2 plus 2 is 4. Minus 1, that's 3 quick maths. Um, I can see that Halliburton is averaging one more point per game. 
I actually have it when I look look at their projections moving forward. I have Halliburton averaging probably another two points per game uh, as the season moves forward. So I would take him there. Jesse Knight, Josh on Aldridge. He's on the wave wire. I'm second in the order with five moves a week. Worth losing my spot? No, I don't. Look, if you want to grab him, sure. I wouldn't worry about wasting a second waiver spot for him. First and second waiver is probably worth a top 100 player, and I'm, I'm not sure that that's him. David Pitt, give us our thoughts on Ryan Saunders. Oh, yeah. You want it? You want my thoughts on Ryan Saunders? He's the worst coach in the NBA. He should never have been hired. The hiring process in Minnesota was... Uh, he was on the hiring coaches hiring process panel. He was in there. Guys, we need to find a new head coach. And he's in the background. What about Ryan Saunders? And they went, yep, Ryan Saunders. That sounds like a good deal. He was there. He's obviously there in large part because of who his dad was. And I don't think there's anyone that can deny that. He's just a very bad coach. The hiring process was horrendous. And I don't really know what more to say about it. Everything that Minnesota does is shithouse. I'm going to get to these super chats in a sec, but Lucas Peck brings up something. Bradley Beal is declared out for rest, a full day out, and not part of a back-to-back. It is absolutely weird. Is there a chance Beal is traded in the coming days? And I, I use this question for this, Lucas. <clears throat> not to shit on you, because there are millions of people who have said this. I will get to your super chats, Crooklyn, and I will get to your super chat, James. Don't worry. But the absolute rumor mill conspiracy theory tilt that people take regarding the NBA is real frustrating. Anytime anyone is out, anyone is injured, um, anyone misses a game, guys, guys, I, I think you know, he's getting traded. Now, this looks weird for sure, right? This looks weird. But if you just err on the side of no trade, you will be right 99% of the time. It is absolutely weird that he is getting rested. But how many times, like just think about this, how many times has a player sat out with a fake injury or with rest because they're getting traded without us hearing that they are sitting out because they're getting traded? Derek Rose sat out for personal reasons after the report came out saying he is being traded to the Knicks. And they said Derek Rose is out for personal reasons. Well, he's sitting out because he is getting traded. It just doesn't happen. I Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I've completely blanked it out of my mind, but I cannot think of a time where people are fake injured and fake um, rested just because they're getting traded. We hear about it. We, we just, we hear about it. That's how I, th- we'll see Lucas, but I would, uh, again, the odds would be forever in my favor to say that, no, this is not him getting traded. All right. <clears throat> Crooklyn, is Desmond Bain an ad in a nine-category league as a long-term ad? I love Bain. I thought he was... It was ludicrous how far he slipped in the draft. He should have been a top 20 pick at at least. Um, but the, the, the minutes there, Brooks, Melton, Jones, Allen, Anderson... How does he get 30 minutes a night there? It, it feels... Winslow, Jesus Christ, that guy. Remember him? It, now, I think he's better than Allen. I think he's better than Brooks. I think he might be better than Melton, though I'm not sure about that one. He could be better than Anderson, but I'm, again, I'm not sure about that one. So I would add Bainey in a 14-teamer. I think he's got 12-team stream value at the moment, while Melton and Anderson and Clark are all out. But to see him 
persisting with big numbers and big minutes long-term with all those other guards, it, it's pretty tough to see. James Cordier. What do I do with Michael Porter Jr.? Is he a sell high? He's had one game, one good game. The previous ones were not. So if one good game translates to sell high, then sure. Uh, I was really encouraged by that one good game. The fact that he played those minutes, they weren't particularly high. They were winning by 40 points. And we do have to remember that that good game came against a Cavs team that just honestly gave out pretty much straight away. Um, the worry we have here is what the minutes do once Gary Harris returns. If I could get a top 40 player back for Michael Porter, I would probably do that. Ray Saw says, Josh, I love your work. Love the info. Shout out to my fellow... You know what, Ray? I know we say that word here all the time in Australia, but Americans get super offended by it, so I'm not going to say it. Uh, Mehmet Baskolyu. Josh, I have a theory why you switched from a pharmacist to analyst. You slipped drugs in Collins' drink to get him suspended last year, so I had to quit, mate. I'd quit before that. Mehmet, don't don't throw these things on me. John Collins had I, the, the absolute weird... And this is what happened, again, as you get more popular and out to more people, the narratives that get surrounding you, people think... The, you know, I'm a John Collins hater. Go back and watch my videos from last year. Man, why do you ride John Collins' dick so much? Second round, you guys are crazy. That was happening. And then this year, man, you guys think Darius Basie's the best thing ever. I didn't project at 110th. Like, that's not the best thing ever. The, the things are wild, man. Um, shit, lots of uh, super chats here. Winston Maine, Carter Jr. or DeAndre Hunter, 12 team points ESPN. Well, one bloke's going to be back a lot earlier. So I think we have to take the guy that's going to be back a lot earlier. 10 weeks for DeAndre Hunter is a long time, man. It's over two months. Carter could be back in two weeks. I think you have to take Carter. Dill, Westbrook is scaring me. Do I send Westbrook and Brogdon for Levine and D'Angelo Russell? Well, you had me at Levine. So yes, absolutely. Levine's the best player in that group by a significant margin. And you could argue, and I reckon successfully, that when Russell is actually playing, he's the second best player in that group. Now, he's obviously shit-ass at the moment, and he's not good on the court. In terms of real-life play, he is not the second best player of that group at all. But for fantasy value, I, I, you take that deal, go and just do it now. That is a, an immediate yes. Joseph Karam. Hey, Josh, who is better rest of season value? Nine cat, 16 team leagues. Derek White or Andrew Wiggins? Good question. Um, short term, it's going to be Wigo. Long term, I do believe it will be Derek White. But as I said, it's going to be a little bit of time that you need to wait. But the margin between them, I don't think is going to be um, massively different. Now, if White somehow pushes to 33 minutes a night, it'll be him without any any doubt at all. But if he sticks at 28 minutes a night, then it's, then it's pretty even. Will Buzminski, ESPN Points League, is it more valuable to have depth to your team or higher scoring players and waiver players? Will that, that does depend. But in general, if you are in like a 12-team league, having the higher end players and then streaming waiver players is a much more advantageous way to do it. But if your league gets to 16 teams, then the players off the waiver wire don't give you anything. So having more depth is more important there. Joel Kurian says, can you talk about Derek White? It makes me happy. I just talked about him. I, I like the guy. I think he's a really good player. But as I've said multiple times, it's going to take time for him to get back here. He's played five games. He's coming back from a broken toe. Like it's, it's going to be rough. He's going to have bad shooting nights. He's going to have low minute nights. He's going to sit out back-to-backs. It's going to be rough. There's no doubt about that in my mind. Michael Zhao, there it is. Draymond for OG. 14 points, 14 Yahoo points league with double-double bonus. Michael, um, I should have given this warning at the start. I I don't know what your double-double bonus is. Tell me what these guys are averaging. I would say, off the top of my head, 
having no idea what these guys would average in your system, again, given you've got a double-double bonus, which is always horrendous um, to have in there, uh, I would say... I'm just looking at my, my standard Yahoo projections, actually. I've got Draymond ahead of OG in a points league. Now, OG has outproduced Draymond so far. But, yeah, okay. All right, that's interesting. I probably still would take OG marginally over Draymond, but I guess the double-double bonus does make it a little closer. Yeah, that, that's a tough one. I, I, my, my gut does say OG. My projections say Draymond. I reckon I might lean Draymond going with projections and double-double bonus. Michael Sinkovitz, Josh, 16-team league, 9-cat. Should I move on from Anthony Davis? If so, should I target a top 10 or top 15 players or two lower players? Well, Michael, very similar to the question that I answered before, you are in a deeper league. So having more depth can be a little bit more valuable to you. So look, if you can get a top 10 playback for Anthony Davis... I think you'd do it. But in a league that's a bit deeper, if you could get, say, two top 25 guys back... Now, if it was two top 50 players, I wouldn't do it. But if you could get two top 25 guys back, um, and let's you know, have a look at some guys that I've got projected in my top 25. You know, Nick Vucevic. Um, Chris Middleton is a top 30 player. If you could get those two guys back, tell you who I'd look at, who I think actually could be an absolute monster the rest of this season, LaMelo Ball. And I know that sounds well, but the dude's the 50th ranked player in 27 minutes a night. He can actually, from here on out, be a um, he can be a, a top 30 player here on out. And yeah, he's a guy that you might be able to slide in there as that second player. Ben C. Eric Gordon or B. Bogdanovich? Ben. Ben. Who is B. Bogdanovich? Who is M. Plumley? Now, I know who M. Plumley is, and you're lucky... Um, um, be that you're lucky that Miles Plumley doesn't play anymore, but you can't put B Bogdanovich in there because there are two B Bogdanoviches. I appreciate the super chat, but I have no idea. Absolutely no idea. Actually, that's not true because Mason Plumley is, um, I think, better than Eric Gordon and better than both Bogdanoviches at this point. Guts, should I trade Drew Holiday or Chris Paul for Thad Young, and Thad Young, sorry, for Middleton and pick up Derek White? Um, looking at their averages, Drew Holiday and Thad Young for Middleton. Um, yeah, I'll do that. Yep, absolutely. Beer tasting with Gil. Should I try to trade Al Horford? If so, for who? You should try to do it. He is absolutely killing it at the moment, but nobody is going to give you value that Horford is currently producing. Like, you're not going to get that because he, I've been, I'm just going to look this up. He, I believe, is a top 20 player over the last two weeks. So you're not getting that value back. I'm just waiting for my screen to open. He's the 14th ranked player over the last month. Why is he that high? Well, he's averaging two steals per game. So this is a dude who's never averaged a steal per game in the last, what, six years. So I think we can expect that to fall off. He's averaging high block numbers. Um, he's hitting threes, but realistically, everything is coming from steals. So he's not a top 50 player. Um, he's a top 70 player. So don't trade for anybody who's out of the top 70. He's a top 70 guy. You should be looking at a top 50 player. Alfred Zuck, Yahoo Points League, double-double plus seven. Should I target Fox for PG? So you're trading away Paul George and getting De'Aaron Fox. 
yeah, I like it. Uh, De'Aaron Fox works really well in a points league. He's a top 20 type player in a points league, I believe. So yeah, I, I like that. Mason Dupree. Should I trade Sexton and Embiid for Big Chungus? Um, one sec, Mason. I'll get back to that. I don't understand. People ask questions in the chat. I answer them. And then 10, 15 minutes later, they repost the same question. And I'm very confused. Anyway, back here. Um, Sexton and Embiid for Jokic. No way. It's too much. The difference between Embiid and Jokic is not that big. And you've got double-doubles as a category. And you've got another random category thrown in there. No way I would do that. Uh, John H. Shea and Bledsoe for Porzingis and Lonzo. 12 category. What's 12 category? No idea. Or do you mean 12-team category league? I'm going to assume you mean that because I cannot give you an answer on 12-category uh, league. Shea and Bledsoe. So let's forget about Bledsoe. That's a nothing. So Shea for Porzingis and Lonzo. Huh. I think the difference between Shea and Porzingis is not that high that getting Lonzo swings it that way. Dan Bari. I got offered Anthony Davis and Bridges. Guys, please. I know you're throwing in super chats. Who is Bridges? Miles Bridges? Nicole Bridges? Who is Bridges? I, I, can't, I, don't, know. I don't know. I got AD and Bridges for Horford, Westbrook, and Fournier. 12 team, 11 cat. Don't know what 11 cat is. I have Harden, and I'm worried about losing assists and double-double. All right, so if you're losing Westbrook, you're going to have a real problem with that assist category. But Anthony Davis and Bridges, assuming it's McCall Bridges, is a is a pretty big win there in that scenario. Fournier's fringe, Westbrook's killing percentages, and Horford's going to drop off. But I don't know. If that's Miles Bridges, I wouldn't do it. If it's McCall Bridges, I would. You boy. Yeah, good name. Do I trade Fox and Wood for Cat? Yes. No, not even a question to me. Tyron Stewart, 12-team ESPN points league. Brogdon and... And oh, here we go. Brogdon and the pencil, Harrison Barnes. Barnesy. Um, for Lowry and McConnell. Um, has to be Bro has to be Brogdon. Side look that. Brogdon's averaging thirty. Barnes averages twenty five. So that's fifty five points. Lowry averages 28. McConnell averages 23. That's 51. And McConnell probably drops off. That is an insane trade. Uh, that Brogdon side is clearly the winner in my opinion. And maybe um, maybe Barnes drops off, but that is a, a clear yes. <sighs> Thank you for all those questions. Whoa, we're getting real close to the half an hour mark. Maybe we'll push it out another 10 minutes or so. Should I drop Maladon? I probably wouldn't. Yeah, I probably wouldn't. Patrick Flamer or Flammer. How do you see Kevin Love fitting back into the Cavs roster? I have absolutely no idea. That is one of the rosters along with the Grizzlies where I just don't know how it's going to work out. We know Kevin Love's good or he has been good, but he's consistently injury prone. I think that they'll come in and play him 28 minutes a night, but they might play him 25 a night. I think he's worth, at least with his recovery in return coming pretty soon, he's worth a 12-team ad just to see what they do. Because if he plays 32 a night, like this dude was a comfortable top 100 player last year. Comfortable. So I think you have to, um, I think you have to ha add him and see what happens. Andrew Godiris. I don't know what this question is. Bacchus or Akasha, rest of season? What? 
Do I drop LaMarcus Aldridge for Wendell Carter Jr.? I think I would do that, yes. Am I still holding Baisley? I am because I'm stubborn. But, yeah, I, I, the value there for him, uh, if you wanted to if you want to stream that spot in, you're probably going to get more value out of it for him. So, look, I, I think you can drop him. Do I think back, Voladipo will play back-to-backs this season? No, I don't. When do I think Jaron Jackson will return? In 10 to 15 days' time. That's just a guess, because that is literally all the all I can go on with the Grizzlies. It is a guess. Um, have I ever seen a punt field goal percentage or rebound team win fantasy? In my opinion, without great centers, it's impossible to win the league. That is 100% false, Ibrahim. It is extraordinarily easy to win punting field goal percentage. Extraordinarily easy. Um, <coughs> eminent, eminent Stealth. Hey, Josh, when would you consider trading away players who won't be making the playoffs like Beal for players who will be in playoff contenders and have consistent performances like LeBron and KD? I don't think that's a viable schedule. For a start, your fantasy league should finish well ahead of the end of the regular season. The stuff that gets touted in a lot of places... Shut down risk. It is overblown bullshit. It, it, it is just overblown bullshit. And while Beal might play limited minutes in the first week or second week of May, you shouldn't be playing fantasy then. We are also three months away from that time. So maybe or two and a half months away from that time. And your fantasy season should be should be over by then. So I think that that's a thing that if you do trade away a guy like Bill, you're going to be getting a lesser return now and the time when maybe he sits, maybe, maybe he sits and sees limited minutes later in the season is it, you know, is it not even a time that's going to have an impact on a fantasy season? Um, <clears throat> good, uh, good one from you, Mehmet. Thank you for that. Uh, Reese Powell, would you trade Booker for Ja Morant? Huh. Both guys disappointing at the moment, for sure. Let me have a look how I've got them sitting. I've got Booker marginally ahead of Morant, so they're close, but probably wouldn't. Dill, PJ Washington, Oladipo, and Michael Porter for Ingram. That's a lot for Brandon Ingram. Washington's not worth a ton. But Oladipo and Porter? Hmm. It's a three for one. So you're getting Ingram. You've got to add two blokes off the waiver wire. Washington's considered like a waiver wire player there, I think, anyway. Uh, I think I would. I think I'd get Ingram. TJ Warren is on my waivers. 10-team, 9-cat league. Should he be on my injured list? Uh, well, if you've got an open injured list spot, then yes. And then if you need to clear it out later on, you drop him. Jacob DeMeyer, punting threes, 9-cat, 12-team. Would you send Booker and the Padawan Colin Sexton for Shea Gildas-Alexander? Yes, I would. I would do that. Sexton is limited and we're seeing that fall off at the moment. I think I would do that, yeah. Hi, Josh. Hi, uh, uh, Koziel. All right, we've been going 30 minutes here. Now, I am on a 30 to 40 second delay here. So this is it. Absolute last call for Super Chats. Last call. I will not answer anymore after now. Dill says, sorry, I'd give you Ingram for them. Uh, I, I think I'd keep Ingram, Dill. Last call for Super Chats. Let's go for a question. 
Marco Markic, who do I trust more? Carl Anthony Towns or Anthony Davis? Huh. It's probably Towns at this point. Um, Andrew Gudiris, what's my best Australian brewery? People ask me this a lot. I wouldn't have one that I'm necessarily go to all the time. I'd like Moondog. I like, and in saying that, I'm just going to reel off our names. I like Hop Nation. I like Two Birds a lot as well. Two Birds a lot because it's local. Um, they support the Western Bulldogs and they produced a beer specifically for the AFLW Western Bulldogs team. So, uh, and I've been to their brewery and they had good stuff there. So uh, I like uh, I like uh, Two Birds, yeah. Um, Dylan, Josh, you missed my super chat. Dylan, your super chat just said Joshy. Dylan has a super chat and it says, Joshy, do you have any other question there, um, Dylan? I didn't read it out because I didn't know what... Um, what you wanted me to actually answer. But they Dylan, Joshy, appreciate it. Thanks, mate. Um, what have we got here? All right, these are the last two questions. Average ballers, do you think Anthony Davis will turn it up? Um, yeah, the worry I have with Davis is the free throw percentage. That's probably the big thing. Um, that's probably the big thing there that is limiting his um, value. Do I think he will turn it up? I think he will improve, yes. Will he get back to being a top two player? I doubt that at this point. James Cordier, why do I think eight-team leagues are bad? Because they're too shallow. If you are in an eight-team league, James, you need to bump your rosters up. Make them 20-man rosters. I, I don't find it any fun at all to be playing in a league where on your waiver wire sits Joe Harris, Cole Anthony, um, Brooke Lopez, Kobe White. Like These are all guys that fall, are, are falling outside the top 100 at the moment in my projections. Uh, that just encourages so much churning. Uh, and you don't have any... Uh, half of the fun in fantasy is taking a flyer. Stashing a guy, trying to use your brain to go, man, I think in a week's time, this might actually pop off for this guy. In an A-team league, you can't do that. Good, The NBA is 450 players deep and you're rostering 96 players. Like you're talking under a quarter of the league being useful. I, I just, it's just, and if you are going to play A-teamers, make them 20-man rosters. Go deeper. Test yourself out rather than having very good players sitting out there on the waiver wire. All right, guys. I'll be back with a pregame show later on today. Tune in for that. That will be coming at 7 p.m. Eastern. So check me out over there. Subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on YouTube. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.